Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. I'm Paul Campbell. Join me as we dive into the world of turkey hunting. Every episode, we'll explore the minds of the finest turkey hunters around. We'll take a look at the people, the places, the tactics, gear, and the culture that creates the mystique around America's favorite bird. That's right. I said it. America's favorite bird, the wild turkey. Throw on your turkey vest, grab your box call, let's talk some turkey. How to Hunt Turkeys podcast is brought to you by Go Wild. Visit timetogowild.com or download the app on iOS or Android. Go Wild has all the gear the wild turkey hunter needs. Camel clothes, hats, vests, turkey calls, decoys, and everything else. Sign up for a free account today and get $10 off your first order. Timetogowild.com. Wicked North gear delivering the very best gear for a life well lived in the great outdoors from field kits and diy tax derby solutions to hats hoodies stickers and more visit wickednorthgear.com you're listening to this on valentine's day the first day that this episode is available february 14th 2023 it is 21 days until you are hunting turkeys you can hunt turkeys in southern florida 21 days mississippi 32 days now this one this one hurts a little more uh, than 21 or 32 days, 70 days until April 22nd. That's when I'm going to be hunting turkeys in my home state of Ohio. Man, I am looking forward to that. I cannot wait. So NWTF convention, the 47th annual convention of the National Wild Turkey Federation uh, starts this week. So if you are in Nashville or close to Nashville, don't want to miss that. Hop in your car, listen to this podcast a couple times on the way down there. Buy a ticket, become a member, go to the sports show uh, in Nashville. An unbelievable time. If you've never been to the NWDF convention, I'm telling you, it's the kickoff to turkey season for everybody. It's a great time, great event, a ton of people there. Uh, really, really neat. So looking forward to that. If you guys are going to be down there, find me. I'll be down there, uh, you know, jump, jumping around like a freaking madman. So love to meet you guys. Listen, thank you. To everyone that's listening to this podcast, I really appreciate you. the The reception of this of the show has been great. The guests that we've got that I've had on have been phenomenal. It's really good guests lined up that are coming up. Great show for you today. Really looking forward to that. Thank you so much for for just just listening to this show, supporting this podcast, uh, and wanting to learn uh, to how to hunt turkeys. Or if you already know how to hunt turkeys, you just like the stories that are coming out of the show. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, something neat that I've been working on, uh, putting a lot of effort into this, a lot of energy into this uh, uh, first week of March. Keep an eye out for this first week of March. I'm going to put, put this in your calendars. Turkeyseason.com is going to go live. You can check it out on Instagram. I don't have a ton of stuff up there now. It's the turkey season on Instagram. Uh, but the website is going to be turkeyseason.com. Just think of it as your online resource for turkey hunting everything so i've got awesome content coming from uh you know it's going to be on turkeyseason.com we got philip culpepper from hunt club tv is going to have some stuff on there we're going to have brett morris from blue river bow hunting with the spring legion guys uh parker mcdonald from southern ground hunting has done an excellent job on on this website he's putting a ton of content up there it's really going to be neat. it's going to be kind of like a just a site that you can come to you can check out they're going to have a ton of resources a ton of information about all of the different rules and regulations in all 49 states that you can hunt turkeys in it's going to be really neat uh we're going to have some turkey calls available have some merchandise for you so it's really going to be a neat a, a neat website a lot of podcasts on there a lot of articles blog stuff so turkeyseason.com that's going to go live march 1st it's going to just continue to evolve to get better so i really hope you guys check that out uh so so this episode i got hunter farrier from spring legion hunter uh has just released a new book uh we've he's got uh, any given spring any given spring morning excuse me hunter 
any given spring morning. I can't wait to read this book. So his other book, his first book that he wrote, Ballad of a Turkey Hunter, great read. Uh, it's not, you know, if you're not a reader, it's not that long. And it's super entertaining. And it's about freaking turkey hunting. So how great is that, right? So great book. Check them out. Springlegion.com. You can find them on Instagram. It's just Spring Legion. Uh, they're putting out some really neat stuff. They got a great podcast. Hunter was gracious enough to give me uh, give me some of his time uh, during this this busy season, getting prepped for for NWTF show and and, and get prepped for for hunting season. So we talk a lot about just turkey hunting stories. We talked about uh, you know some strategy. Great episode. I think you guys are really like this one. Uh, so some of the folks we got coming up: we got Scott Ellis, we got Philip Culpepper. Uh, we got a biologist named Ryan Boyer from the NWTF. We talk about the, the language of a wild turkey, what the turkeys are looking for, habitat-wise, uh, in the spring, what the mind of a tom is like, and 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 in those spring months that we're hunting. So really, really cool show. We got a ton of people lined up to talk to to you guys about. We got Mike Chamberlain and his uh, one of his students coming on. We're going to talk about weather patterns and the effects. Dave Owens and I talked about that just a little bit. We're really going to dive into that research. So really neat stuff coming. Uh, from this How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends. Really appreciate you guys. Check out our sponsors, wickednorth.com or wickednorthgear.com, excuse me, and time to go wild.com. Download their app. They got a ton of products up there. Uh, Wicked North Gear, the kill kits, awesome. The DIY beard hangers, awesome. Bobby just came out with this cool Wicked North hanger for your turkey fan. If you kill one this year, check that thing out. Pretty sweet. So thanks again to Hunter for his time uh, and for and just and just for his passion uh, and 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 sharing that with all of us uh, and, and that, that enjoy this pursuit of turkey hunting. So good luck to you guys. Twenty one days South Florida. If you are hunting turkeys in South Florida, let me know how you're doing. I can't wait to hear how you're doing, what your successes are, your failures are. Keep me posted. Follow us on Instagram H two H T podcast. Follow us on Go Wild. How to Hunt Turkeys, you can follow me on Instagram or Go Wild. It's just Paul Campbell on Go Wild, Paul Campbell 322 on Instagram. I've really enjoyed talking to a lot of you, communicating back and forth, answering your questions as best as I can about turkey hunting. Thank you so much for uh, for, for, for reaching out to me. It's turkeyseason.com. Keep an eye out for that. That's going to be really neat. I am really excited about this project that we're working on. You guys are going to love it. So enjoy this episode of the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast with Hunter Farrier. From Spring Legion. those i see those green leaf row pads back there on the shelf yeah. we just got a hold to some more we got a this is our little kind of display we use a lot of times for like trade shows and stuff and then we've got all the boxes of everything out there and we'll try to kind of just as one goes out bring another box in and so we keep it as kind of cool calm and collected in here as we can and yeah. this is where this is just kind of like the little office where i you know, do work work and then um half the fulfilling goes on in here if we got it if that's all we would have we'd just do it right here and most times we just take it out into a bigger room and kind of just one big circle gotcha now you're you're like you you're a real estate agent right i do i got my real estate license okay. in mississippi and georgia so how's that how's that going pretty good good if i could have a little more time i guess um, yeah. it's one of those things like i feel like i've gotten it and and can have a little bit of time to allocate towards it. And as soon as I do something, you know, something comes up, turkey season comes around, then it'll end. And then the book came along, and you know, so it's just very the free time is where it's spent. So, but hopefully yeah. after um after this turkey season, I'll have a little more of a schedule. I guess I moved uh moved over to Georgia um 
probably February of last year, which of course is right before turkey season. So it was hectic because I'll yeah. get out and then, um, so it's been a, a big adjustment, not much free time, just aside from all of that to, uh, yeah. kind of the business and everything. So, but I'm uh, making the most of it. And then, um, just trying to, it's just another hat I try to wear. Not none of my wear greatly, but try to yeah. as much as I can. There you go. Now, how, when, when did you, when did you start spring Legion? Was that you and Austin started that together, right? Correct. I think I met with him in February, late February of 2019. We worked uh, together at a uh, poultry company in Mississippi, uh, going around uh, a bunch of chicken farms pretty much. And um, naturally, of course, I met him one day before work before we went to a, a farm and went listening for turkeys down in New Hebrew, Mississippi. And I it kind of been on my mind in the middle of February, wanting to kind of start something um, a way to represent a philosophy, more so to speak, for um, kind of the traditional ways of turkey hunting, um, which is kind of everything I'd seen, you know, if you flipped on the TV or I guess nowadays YouTube or something like that, with the exception of a few. It just wasn't really kind of what I thought turkey hunting was. And it was, it was just kind of not misrepresented. It was just represented on a broader scale in a way that I knew it to be, which wasn't represented on a broad scale at all. Um, so it was, um, it was just kind of on, on my mind to get something going and I met with him and talked talk to him about it. And then we got back to listening for turkeys and then, um, you know, pretty much his mom had an embroidery machine. So we got to embroider in a couple hats in her guest bedroom. And then now, you know, it's by the hundreds and thousands of them. So it's, you know, it's yeah. just grown and it's pretty much nothing has changed. It's just the same philosophy of just a, a way to represent turkey hunting kind of the, the way that we know it to be and and um and just kind of really just paying respect to it and celebrating turkey hunting because there's a lot of a lot of i'm not gonna say a lot of like just folks out there that just are so waterfowl or so deer hunters or whatever but like turkey hunters wasn't that talked about i guess and that's kind of a characteristic of turkey hunters is to be a little quiet so um you know if, if we can figure out some way to just subtly represent turkey hunters across the nation we wanted to do that and um yeah i think it has so it's um it's been a journey to say the least yeah what i mean what, what is like the your philosophy and in, in, in the philosophy of spring legion okay, what's, what's is, the root of that it's more so kind of um yeah a little phrase we use a lot i don't think it's necessarily like our slogan or anything but it's not subject to change and that's where i think turkey hunters are they're not necessarily those who adapt with, I mean, they adapt, but there's a big difference in adapt and advancing technologically and stuff like that. And, um, you know, turkey hunting is a very special kind of tier of the outdoors and always has been in my mind. Um, it's the only one you can communicate with, you know, the animal as much as you do. And it's just a lot of, a lot of stuff is based on kind of what you can do and not what you can buy. I know we have a lot of friends who do have, you know, duck camps and deer camps and stuff and pretty much the good ones are the ones who can own the most acreage and own the most you know product to put out there and, and stuff like that and uh, turkey hunt is just kind of in my mind's always been just this, this the guy and a gun and a turkey so i mean it's, it's a matter of what you can do if he's there and there's there an opportunity it's it's you know it's everything else is based on your ability and your capability and what you're able to do and accomplish and that's kind of how you rank your I guess priorities in that and um just wanted something to celebrate that before it got too changed if that makes sense before yeah. too many things came about in the in the market and the industry and stuff like that that would kind of just you know push it under the rug and i don't want it to be pushed under the rug on my watch so it's nothing to to go against anything that is already out there it's just a matter of i wanted something to at least represent what i, I knew to believe it as so we just we created it yeah i think there's I think there's something very just intensely personal and intensely emotional for, for, for Turkey hunters. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think, and I, and, and it's such a, it's such an easy term Turkey hunter. Right. And I think there's right. just a small, when I say of, if there's 10 million people that Turkey hunt, and I, I, I always say this, I don't, I don't mean it in any disrespect, but you know, you know, 9 million of them are deer hunters and duck hunters that like to yeah. just hunt stuff. And then there's a million of them that are turkey hunters and that's it. Right. And that's, and that's, and, and, and so I, I, I think people get really protective about all of the hunting that they like, but I think for, for turkey hunters, it is like, I talked to Brent Rogers on one of these episodes and mm -hmm. he's like, it is, it is woven. It's a thread of, of who I am as a person. And I think yeah. that's one thing that's really neat with turkey hunting 
that a lot of the other forms or styles or pursuits kind of quite frankly lack. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And um, it's, it's, turkey hunters are different. There's, there's, there's no doubting that. And I write about it a good bit. And I think the first chapter of this new book is, is just titled turkey hunters. And it's, it is the difference in turkey hunters and those who just happen to hunt turkeys in the springtime. There's a big difference. And then it's just, a, I'm not going to say it's a pride thing, but it's one of those kind of things. Like if I grew up as a turkey hunter and somebody who just happens to hunt turkeys in the springtime tries to relate us together, I'm like, well, I mean, you don't, there's certain things you don't get. And I, it's hard to explain them to you, but yeah. That guy over there, he's a turkey hunter. I, like I don't have to say anything to him; he understands completely. I get it. It's, it's I tell, I tell, yeah, <laughs> I tell, I totally understand what you're trying to say. And and as mm-hmm. in, in this this podcast, it's kind of it's meant for people that that are one that are new to the pursuit, and mm-hmm. I want them to understand like the culture and the heritage and and just kind of the like what you just said that surrounds. And in, in, in the intro of the show, I say the mystique around this bird. Mm-hmm compared to some of the others and it's it's hard to explain for people and and i think the more you do it you just like i understand i, I know exactly what you mean like i get mm-hmm. it like tom kelly said it, colonel tom kelly the author said it best why do you hunt turkeys well because i have to and you can't explain right. it really beyond that and I, i've talked with other people and it's just like man if if i was afforded a deathbed in this life and it was during the springtime i would crawl out there yeah one last time if i could and i, I don't know yeah. like that's insane to say out loud but i guess that's what it i guess that what it gets you know that's what it comes to for a lot of people when when did you start hunting like turkey hunting? Were you, did you grow up turkey hunting oh yeah no i was in my dad's truck riding around with him while he went turkey hunting when i was like four so i think there was multiple occasions where he just left me in the truck and went turkey hunting and would come back either with or without a turkey and i just had to sit there and then he let me tag along into the woods without a gun and I don't know how well that went. Turned out, and heard many stories about that. So I guess it wasn't too good. And then, um, then I got to start bringing a gun. I shot my first turkey. I think March eleventh, I think two thousand. I was seven. Um, and now I was hooked from then on. And um, you know, it's one of those things. Like he told me, I was going to be a, you know, kind of welcome me into the kind of the lineage. And you know, you're a turkey hunter for the rest of your life. And it wasn't long after that I figured out kind of what that means. Like once you once you're in it, you're in it. There's no turning back. You're this will consume your mind for the rest of your days, 365 days a year. It, it doesn't, it doesn't change at all. And you know, that feeling hasn't changed at all since then. And now I'm 30. So there, there yeah. is no difference between that feeling and the feeling of, I think my last turkey I shot was in Michigan last year. No different. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I won't talk about me too much, but like I, I, I was 25. I didn't grow up in a hunting yeah. family. I was 25 before I started. Um, my dad had just died. And man, my, my life, the economy was terrible. Like 07, it was just really oh. bad. And personally, and you know, for all of us in this country, a lot of people were struggling. And a, and a friend of mine who did grow up hunting was like, hey, man, do you, do you want to go turkey hunting? And I was like, what the hell's a turkey? I have no, I, have, I, I honestly didn't even know that that was a thing. And so I bought like the cheapest Walmart camo you can get. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? It's like that real thick cotton stuff. It doesn't oh, yeah. breathe. It's it's just ter- it's like 10 bucks for a pair of shirt. Yeah, a shirt and a pair of pants. And I borrowed a shotgun and I had no idea what I was doing when I went out there. I, I was just com- a complete idiot when I went out there. And I heard a turkey gobble like the third day we were out there. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, something in my mind, I, like my brain just melted down. And I was just like, I have to, I have to see that. I have to see that. <laughs> animal i have touched it i have to shoot that like, i yeah. i was i was like standing up like in a panic like what just happened to my mind and i i, I can never you know, like looking back on it it was really it was really kind of kind of kind of neat that i got to experience that as an adult that's you know fully aware of like my life just totally derailed and it derailed right. i guess in a in a good way and that's um, something it's been all I mean, downhill I, I, i've talked about it with um i think on our podcast before not long ago it was um i was on there with my brother and um you know, we don't necessarily know of a time when we didn't turkey hunt. So it's a little different for us to relate to those times. But at the same time, like I have friends who did not go turkey hunting until they were, you know, 25, 26, 27, even. And just seeing them, their mind just like click is it, yeah. really cool because we didn't, it is. like, I don't necessarily remember that moment, but I know that it happened. So it's one of those things where I can see that happen. You know, that beats, I would rather that happen a thousand times before I shot another turkey. Um, you know, being able to be there and be part of that and, and relive it. Cause it gives you a chance to relive the, the wonders and the stuff that you kind of take for granted that like, I know a turkey wouldn't do that, but then wondering, you know, why, why can't we do this? And I'm like, well, 
forgot you don't know this is you know this is a good time you know like i get to talk about it and think about it and hear what they think and sometimes you know you'll learn more from somebody who hasn't been turkey hunting because of the things that have been just hardwired into your mind that um that you kind of just overlook and just not take for granted but you just pass by and, and and start doing it this way and you know they don't necessarily ask why turkeys gobble sounds this way but like why did he gobble and that's it you're like I didn't think of that part. I'm, I'm thinking of which way he was headed and all kinds of stuff, how we can get on different elevation and stuff like that. Any barriers between us and they're wondering like, why did he just gobble at that? You know, that's yeah. all, that's all they can think about. You know, that's kind of their stepping stone. So you got to retract back and think about it. And you know, that'll, that'll make you think harder and think more and, and think more in detail and stuff like that. And some of the little things that you tend to overlook is most important. You know, it's fun. It's funny that you say that just, you know, when, when I was asked to do this podcast, um, I was, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I love to talk about turkey hunting. And then I was talking with, with the, the guy that we do, the, the co-host of my other podcast, Andrew Monson. He's I I've taken him turkey hunting twice and mm-hmm. he's not heard a turkey gobble yet. It was just I, other than maybe like really far away. He hasn't been in the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him like, man, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Like I can talk about turkey. And, and he just listed off like 40 things that he wants to know as a new yeah. turkey hunter that I'm like, oh Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's just mm-hmm. stuff that like you, 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 you learn from, you, you learn from experience and, and, and you just, I, you overlook it. And and it's funny in, in your, in your book, and I'm going to reference your book, uh, Ballad of a Turkey Hunter, uh, you put, you have in here, how do you get knowledge experience? How do you get mm-hmm. experience failure? And that, that is like, without a doubt, the best way to learn in the Turkey woods oh, yeah. and it, and it sucks. It's the, it's like the hardest way to learn, but I think it's the most, the most valuable. So, I mean, as you start, you know, especially as, as, an, as an adult onset hunter, if you will, uh, turkey hunting, that failure is going to come a lot. And oh, yeah. so I'm, I guess for, for you, I mean, you know, as you, as you get better as a turkey hunter, and I think, you know, once you become an adult, you're more aware you've got, you've got experience. So what were some of the, I guess, kind of the, the really easy, like hard lessons that you learned from failure in the turkey woods? Who? That's a big question, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm still, like, I learned probably just as many last year. Every every year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, every it's year. one of those things. Um, let's see. I know, I mean, I can think of it off the top of my head. I sat in a place I should not have sat last year and had plenty of time to move backwards. I was just hunting in a steeper terrain than I'm used to in North Georgia. We don't have that in Mississippi. Um, so I kind of positioned myself to, um, to shoot over the kind of the horizon trying to talk a turkey you know down what i would call a hollow but really it's kind of like a valley up here they're a lot bigger talk him down and come back up and um it was shoot it was the middle of april and it was still it looked like january out there and where he wound up coming up was not where i thought the horizon was the horizon was actually like way closer so he once i saw like his kind of silhouette i watched him walk down the whole the whole side of that uh ridge over there and come back up this one i could kind of time his footsteps and i'm thinking you know usually those those hills and gullies and stuff are a lot more shallow and he, he would he would get here a lot quicker he wasn't gonna have that much time between you know being able to see me and i could have easily moved back a little bit if i needed to but thinking i'm back in mississippi and like you know it's gonna be but a split second he's gonna, gonna be down there you might can swing your gun but you can't move back a trigger two. and when he went down i could see like where i thought his you know, where I thought I could stop seeing him is not. He just kept walking and kept walking. I'm going, uh-oh, that was a middle ridge I was looking at. The one he's going to top is actually eight yards in front of me. And so I just had to sit there and just hope I pinned him right. And he popped up about three inches to the uh, – yeah, he popped up three inches to my right. And it was like – that was enough. I could not swing over that fast. He was yeah. up down. And I was like, oh, was <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Should have known. But, yeah, no, you're I just standing there going, what's that? All, I said, I get humbled left and right, even now. I mean, it, there you'll never be better than every turkey, and there's always going to be a turkey out there smarter than you. He's not smarter than you. He's luckier than you, and you gotta, you know, you gotta outwit him in every, you know, every fashion, form, everything you think of, and some days ain't your day. Yeah, you know, it's it's as you know, the more I turkey hunt and the more success I have and the more failures that I have, you know, when you're in the game and you're going back and forth and you, and, and you walk out into empty-handed. You know, those mm-hmm. are some of the best hunts, you know, where it's just yeah. like where the turkey wins and you and you're like, I, I watched this turkey for three yeah. hours and, and he just worked me over man left and right. And and I mean, don't get me wrong. I love shooting turkeys as much as the next oh, guy, yeah. but those hunts where you get a master class about sucking at turkey hunting at the hands mm-hmm. of a wild 
turkey. Those are the best, man. Those are the absolute oh, best. Yeah. Cause you walk out. I, I have the biggest smile on my face. I'm like, man, that was freaking awesome. People yeah. are like, what, did you, did you, did you catch anything? I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, but it was still awesome. It doesn't, you know, so. And then, that's, I mean, that's good stuff. And, and I, I related back to deer hunting, duck hunting, which I used to do a lot of both. Um, time is kind of thin now, but you know, if you if you go deer hunting and don't kill anything, all I can think of is like you just sat in the cold instead of the hot, and then duck hunting's kind of saying you just woke up a lot earlier to go eat breakfast instead of you know sleeping until nine to eat breakfast if you didn't kill nothing. But I know there's, I mean, there's always solitude and um, just kind of the camaraderie stuff to all aspects of the outdoors. But you know, turkey hunting, a lot can happen, and you not kill a turkey, you know. And it still be a good day. And then there's sometimes where it just works out perfectly. And you're like, mm, you know, I just drove 11 hours to shoot one in 40 minutes. I, w- I wish it would have, you know, wouldn't have went differently. But at the same time, you get to thinking back, uh, I earned this one. It might not have been today, but, you know, I got yeah. to think back to those 13 straight days where I got my butt whooped. And, you know, I mean, just to find him on this one day, um, you know, when it, when it, they read the script and you just happen to get on them on the roost and they, they like the sound of your call better than the hands they hear on the other side and it pans out, you're like, I hate to, you, you can't ever call it easy because you get, get to thinking about the two weeks you spent prior just getting your butt whooped. And, you know, it's it, a lot of hours go into not killing one just as much as, you know, killing one and it makes it worth it. Um, yeah. But it also at the same time, you go in there with the mindset to learn. And um, it's one of those things like, I, I, you strive for perfection but i hate perfection like i hope i am never perfect because that means there's nothing left to learn there's nothing left to do really um yeah. in anything not just turkey hunting you know I, I like the thought of never being perfect because there's always something out there you can learn someone that's better than you something to strive towards and um yeah turkey hunters will always be inferior to the bird i think when it comes to wits and yeah. intellect you know, I, I took a, a really good friend of mine. He, he had never hunted before. I took him on his first hunt. It was a turkey hunt here in Ohio, and and I had drawn a, a lottery hunt at a wildlife refuge here here in northern Ohio. Mm. And I take him out there very, and and we don't you you can't scout this place. It's because it's closed to human traffic except for the hunt. And so the 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 morning of the hunt goes out, and I had just looked at the Onyx map, and that was it. And I'm like, you know, what? we're just going to start, and you know, we're going to start here. Yeah. And we sit down and we're listening and and we had probably six toms that were just hammering within 150 yards of us. We had a couple hens and I lean over. This is his first hunt ever. Yeah. And I'm not, I haven't yelped. I haven't called once. I, I lean over him like, listen, man, it's not always like this. I don't <laughs> yeah, want this to be. Yeah, this is not. Okay. <laughs> you know, just plug your ears. This is not how every turkey. And I, I'm smiling. He's shaking. I'm like, it's not always like this. So don't. Uh, yep. And, you know, you, you talk about, you know, kind of kind of lessons you know, that, that you get and the turkeys are, are always going to be better. Um, mm. and, and I want to, I want to reference your, your book here, which I really enjoy, man. So if you guys are listening to it, Ballad of Turkey Hunter it was springlegion.com. You can get this thing, Amazon, um, really, really good book. You, you say there's, there's absolutely nothing in this world that a turkey will never do, nor is there anything on earth that a turkey will always do. Yes. And, I think like if you've hunted animals enough, deer, elk, bear, whatever, you know, there's, there's patterns, there's things that you know, deer are always going to do. You know, you can look at a map and you know, look at the South and North facing the wind thermals, all this stuff and say, okay, there's going to be a deer here that, you know, they're going to walk by this path pretty regularly. And a Turkey, you know, people are like, well, where, how do you find turkeys? I don't know, man. They're, they're yeah. going to be wherever they want. Like they have, I feel like they have more free will to do whatever they want than any other yeah. animal in the woods. And they're just, then they'll do it and that's the thing like a deer can't do anything but it's usually going to do this a turkey can't do anything and it might not even do that it it, does, it doesn't know what it's going to do either and it's one of those things it's it's the only thing that'll somehow find a way to go from 100 yards in front of you to wind up on the tree behind you and be looking at you and you have no idea how it got there anything like that um at the same time won't cross the road if it sticks in it so you don't know you know a stick will hold it up but that thicket in the mississippi river won't no, <laughs> it just fly right. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're the most frustrating. Yeah. No, they're so they're so frustrating, and I guess so. Like when when you're when you're hunting, uh, and and you're up against that 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 turkey mindset where it's just like, you know, I we hunting same that same hunt I just told you about. You know, we we had a, a turkey just he was hanging up and he was checked up, and I, I told my buddy I'm like we need we need him to, if he takes one step towards us he'll take the rest of them. Yeah. We need him to take one step, and he just wouldn't do it. I mean, he just wouldn't do it. I'm like, one step, and that's all he needs. He needs to like push himself over that hurdle to to come into where we're hiding. And how do you deal with that, man? Just on on that, I mean, because they're so frustrating. 
when you feel like you're doing everything right as a hunter, I'm doing everything right. I've got, you know, everything that I think is right. Hiding and decoys mm -hmm. with yes or no, or calling, not calling. You're doing everything right. But there's still like, what more do I do to, right. to make this happen? I mean, how do you, one, what's the middle battle that you fight with yourself? Well, there's actually a whole, there's a chapter in the new book. It's called chestnut checkers. So you've heard that term a lot. You know, you're, you're getting whipped because you're trying to play checkers instead of chess. And he's playing chess. Um, so it goes into a lot of, a lot of that. And it actually, it follows a chapter that's all about, um, it's called is or isn't. And it's assessing what the situation is. The first thing you should assess is what the turkey is and what he isn't. Is he roosted? Is he gobbling? Is he coming to you? Is he going away? You know, is he across the creek? Is he not across the creek? All that good stuff that you tend to overlook a lot of times, um, just to, from the fear I mean, from the, the sheer fact of him, is he responding or is he just gobbling to gobble? Um, there's a big difference. And then there had to be a whole another chapter dedicated to the hung up turkeys because if they would either come or go, that's one thing. But it's the 90% of the times when they don't come or go, they just stand right there and they don't come any further. And a lot of that is, in my mind, is, is solved, so to speak by stuff you do before you sit down so there's nothing there you can solve that problem by a lot a lot more i would say more often by what you do before you even sit down than what you do once he does hang up is eliminating the chance to hang up and um, a lot of that is keeping open areas between you you um, i think i do mention if you'll you'll notice like if you're in the woods and you look out across an open field you can see the entire field if you're standing five feet into the woods if you stand 80 yards into that field, you can only see the edge of that woods like a hardwood curtain. So in order to look into it, you must walk over to the edge and look into the woods. So a lot of times people will see pretty woods. They'll sit in the middle of it and call from the middle of the wide open woods. Well, turkey only has to walk to the edge of the cover to look in to see the whole wide open woods. And he doesn't see a turkey. You know, it's one of those things. And then for folks who do use decoys, if he sees a decoy, that decoy is supposed to walk to him. He, there's no curiosity there for him to continue walking out there to check it out um you got if you're going to kind of call to a bird's curiosity you've got to make him walk to you not just answer your calls and a lot of times folks in the middle of the wide open and uh, and i'm saying a lot of folks i'm talking about myself too will sit in the middle of the wide open and call to a turkey he'll walk to the edge and just call back and forth and just pretty much i call that i think duplication with higher hopes you know if you don't if you don't adjust what you're doing he's not going to judge. He's just answering you and you're answering him going back and forth. And that's just what it is. A turkey, you're supposed to walk to him, but you're not a real turkey. So you got to somehow figure out what to make him walk to you and come look. And a lot of times I'll make sure I position myself probably 30 yards into that cover to make him walk across that open area to come look into it to see, you know, what the heck's going on down there. And um, it's kind of one of those things that there's, and I think I mentioned that maybe in Ballad of Turkey Hunter, if you do home with decoys, you have one hen decoy out there. You can't really move back and try to call or go silent and, and, and try to act like two different hens. There's one hen and it's standing right there and he's looking at it. You know, you're not going to flip a script, so to speak. You, you, but when you don't have a decoy and you are sitting in cover and he can't see you, you can change calls. You can do this. You can, you know, adjust your tone to go down this hollow or this hollow and, and, and kind of move back. A lot of times moving back will make him move. And um, I think I do. I do mention in chest first, uh, chestnut checkers is the kind of the difference in 211 and 212 degrees Fahrenheit. One's hot water and one's boiling water. So, I mean, if you can, you can just kind of, that one degree is a big difference. Um, and you can, I firmly believe you can change a bird's theoretical temperature by adjusting the heat you're calling to be. Um, but um, a lot of times you'll, if you'll, if you'll cut up on the calls and stuff like that and really get him riled up, that will turn his head, but he will not move until the 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 calling so to speak is what makes him move is the silence which follows the calling which makes him really move to come see what happened why do i not hear those three hens anymore that i thought i had in the bag and now all of a sudden they're gone what would you do to beat him? like if he was gobbling 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 and stopped and he just kept calling to nothing he's gone i better move up you know you would walk towards where he gobbled a lot of times birds do the exact same if you just kind of put yourself in his shoes how would you how would what would piss you off enough to walk over there <laughs> Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that's one of those that you learn, you learn from experience. Right. Right. And, oh, yeah. and, I, and we've, I've talked about this with a couple of people that, that like, and, and you talk about reading the temperature of a Turkey and Dave Owens talks about that a lot. Scott Ellis and talk to those guys and, and you, and you're reading the temperature of where he's at. And, and I think that move of like, if you can do it, like getting up and moving back a little bit, I mean, mm -hmm. for me, that's one that you're like, Oh man, he, he just got yeah. 60 yards off is, you know, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty quick. So 
I, I like the I like the different the different tactics that 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 hunters have. So in that kind of that chestnut checkers and don't give away the the farm here. What what are some of the moves that kind of mental things that you'll think through and check through and say, okay, this is the tactic that I'm going to use here. What's your bag of tricks that you got? A lot of it. I mean, the answer you're going to get every time if you're talking to certain hunters, it depends. So, I mean, it's one every of the time, yeah. it does depend on the bird and on his temperature and on the weather and the color socks you're wearing and, you know, all the way down to, yeah. I mean, it, does, it depends on everything. Um, but a, a big factor is, is that is it. it there's, when you're playing chestnut checkers, it, it is, um, you don't do the same thing every time. That's duplication with higher hopes. There's a big difference in that in chess. Um, so I, I think I do reference a, uh, a bird I did wind up shooting this past year in Georgia, courtesy of luck timing and uh, the prerequisite hours needed at a nearby aviation program. So um, it, it just being aware of your surroundings and using kind of what's going on around you, what would um, could be of a, a hindrance can be an advantage. Um, if you know, kind of just being aware of, of calling timing of calling and um, what he's got on his plate and what you have to offer on your plate. You know, a lot of times you can, you know, you I've killed a lot of turkeys by calling to the hen and not the gobbler at all, ignoring the gobbler and calling to the hens because, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's one of those, like, old, kind of old adages. It's hard to beat the real thing. So if he's got 30 hens in front of him twirling around, you might sound really good. Dave might be able to call him over there, but I can't. So um, one of those things, you got you to gotta time it right, do all kinds of stuff. My best hope is calling the hens over there. Um, yeah. and however I can um, and, uh, and a lot of times it, it's kind of when you call if and putting yourself back in, uh, in different shoes of I think I referenced um, like if you can imagine like just trying to pry a gobble out of a turkey at 1030 in the morning and your, uh, your buddy your little brother's with you and, and decides to send a Hail Mary fly down cackle in the middle of you know at noon and that's when the turkey gobbles and you couldn't hear you just hear what did it gobble? You have no idea where, how far it was, and you know you wind up bumping him because you, you're so honed in on. I hadn't heard a gobbling 150 yards we've covered, and now we finally got him gobbling. He decided to do a fly down cackle at noon. Um, <laughs> so if you if you if you call during only during gobbles, if you call only during another hens yelping, if you call if you can lay eyes on them only when their heads are in you know eating or some one of them is scratching, and you call you know it makes them wonder. Anything you do to make them wonder instead of a lot of times they're gobbling to let you know where they're at so you can walk to them. Um, you know, if you're responding to them, you're acknowledging that you kind of hand him the reins by just calling when it's very clear and they can hear you well. Um, if you call when, when loud things are happening during thunder or th- during another hens yelping or during him gobbling or airplanes or trains or something like that, a lot of times they'll have to walk closer to it to see, do they come from this way or this way? Just put yourself in. If you're listening for a goblin, things that would get in the way of you pinpointing it, you know, it's going to make you want or make you walk closer to it and, and just kind of intrigue you. And once you get, like you said, you get them to take one step. It's, it's a big, it's a big step. It's the, the second step's a lot easier after the first. It's the first one that it's a pain to get them to do. Yeah. You know how hard it is to to do a turkey hunting podcast where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. so what do you do here? Because I know the answer and the answer, I mean, nine times out of 10 is, oh man, it just depends. Like I, I yeah. can't, <laughs> and it's, yeah. And that's, that's what I want, you know, like the new hunters uh, to really understand that every scenario is different and there's so much mm-hmm. nuance to turkey hunting because yeah. there's so much nuance with the language, with the communication, with the eyesight, with, I mean, with all of these things that you're dealing with, the the hen pressure, mm-hmm. I've, I, I've, I've been able to call a group of hens in with some toms one time. It was on a youth hunt with my nephew and I had him at 30 yards to his left and he was using my, my, my semi-auto. And he gets nervous. This is his first time. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Yeah. He's shaking. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm so pumped up. And I tell him like they're to your left. And he just out of like panic, he turns right, and then he cycles one of the shells in the in the gun, <laughs> and it just like clacks really loud. And all of these, there's like six, there's like four hens and and a couple of toms. They take off running. He, he turns around. He's like, are they coming back? I'm like, no. <laughs> Not no, year, but I, you just, I just did something awesome. Year. Yeah. Like I've been trying this, I, I've tried this a hundred times and it worked yeah. uh, and it didn't, it didn't work all at the same time. That's one of those humbling oh. moments, you know, but, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's stories. I mean, if, if they had walked up and shot one, it would have been cool, but you don't talk about that nearly as much as the times they get, you get yeah. humble like that. So I mean, it's, I, that's such a, I, that's I, I so trade true. people hand in hand to me. Yeah. And I think that's, what's cool about, about this, about, you know, what we just talked about, like trying to teach people how to turkey hunt and 
man, you just got to do it. You just got to yeah. do it. And, and, and it's just, I love hearing the stories and just the different, the different, uh, Moments of failure uh, mm-hmm. are, the, are the best stories for sure. So, you talk about making turkeys turkeys curious, and one of the one of the things that I think really makes the turkey curious, and and you can see it back here. I've got uh, a Lewis Stowe like trumpet. I love I mm-hmm. use tube calls. You get all these weird, you know, wing bones, whatever it may be. You get like some weird sounds. I mean, do you do you use any of the weird calls, or do you use a diaphragm? Do you use a you know pod call? What's what's kind of your go to? uh well i call pot call slate calls i don't know if that's like a coke versus soda type thing but i've always called i don't so i yeah i call i call i call them i don't know what to call them because i talk to people from all the country and it's like pot call slate call friction pot Mm -hmm. call pot and peg is another one that i've heard i yeah i call yeah i call them pot calls i guess is the see up until like up until like three years ago i thought pot and peg was a whole new call that i just never seen before when i hear people say that i'm like i've never seen one of those they're like yeah you do you have one (laughs) Um, have you at we're gonna. I just. We're not. I'm not gonna edit this out. But have you seen one of these? A Tom Gaskins call. Yeah. I found. I. 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 Just, I didn't even know. I've been. I had no idea what this was. I walked mm. by. I was in some store in like middle, southern middle Tennessee, and I saw this, and I'm like, I, I gotta buy this. I'm never gonna use it hunting, but this thing looks awesome. I didn't. I didn't even yeah. know what. I didn't know what this is called. Scratchbox or something. Uh, I guess I have no idea. I kind of call them that, and I didn't know that until we had a little tenth legion banquet thing or something in Kajeska, Mississippi, a couple years ago. And somebody was there, like trying to sell them out of his, like off his tailgate, and I got one. Or I think I charged him a book for one. Honestly, there's no dollars exchanged, but yeah, um, no, they're pretty. They sound pretty cool. I mean, they they, they sound do. like a, a real hit if you know what you're doing, which I very mediocre, I'd say. I, I practiced it that day, and that was it. But um, I but, can yeah I can I'll, I'll never I'll never hunt with it but it's just I, you know it mm-hmm. was so cool but it's got a really it has a it, it has a unique sound and it made me curious mm-hmm. I would imagine that you know it would make a it would make a turkey a turkey yeah. curious too so see, see my brother he uses a wing bone a lot um and he uses especially if I'm with him I don't bring anything special but um but I generally I use a slate call a lot it's a glass call um I use it eighty five percent of the time and then about ten percent would be a mouth call you know if they're closer or if i'm i don't have time to fool with the a slate if i'm walking uh, if, if i know of a turkey's there i'm using my, my slate call most time um and it's one of those things like regardless of how long you've been turkey hunting you know what you're good at and what you're not good at and the, the, it, i promise it's best to trade what you're not good at with silence like if i brought a scratch bite like like trying to make one gobble and use this like look if I'm better at slate call, I'm using my slate call. If it comes down to slate and mouth call, and I'm better at slate call, I'm using slate call. Now you're yep. trying to use both. I'm trying to, you know, call him in with this. And then if I have to use the mouth call to direct him once I can see him, something like that, or he's really close, I'll use it. And then sometimes if I'm, you know, if I'm walking, trying to cover, cover ground, I'll keep the mouth going and just use the mouth call just to save on time and stuff like that. Um, but, um, and I use a box call too. So, um, a lot of times I, the box call get in the way carrying around. So if I know I'm going to be out there for a while, or if I know um, I'm going to have to cover some ground and I'm going to need a box call, probably if it's windy, if, if anything like that, um, I'll, I'll bring it. I try to find the smallest box call I can find. Um, and a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of times one or the other will work and when the other one does it. Um, and I think um, a lot of times it's, you don't really need more than one call, but it's good to have two or three. Uh, you don't need nine strikers. You need, one but if you have two sometimes that does make a difference so it's yeah. kind of it's, it's preference and then um and, and and yeah trying to find one and then i don't i don't really i don't like have like a, a coyote thing or a, i do have an owl call i take with me sometimes um doesn't sound like an owl but it does make a turkey gobble or at least get the owls going enough to keep a turkey gobble while i can kind of figure out where i'm gonna set up in the morning in the middle of the dark but um but yeah i don't, I don't have anything uh, I, I try to I do have a crow call and I will use the crow call probably more than anything. Um, if it's, if it's not early in the morning, if I don't know where Turkey's at or if I'm about to make a move, um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, based off curiosity and not necessarily persuasion. Um, I do not move until I hear that Turkey gobble again, unless I know he's not close. Cause a lot of times, I mean, too many times I have thought he had, he had gobbled 30 times, 65 yards away from me on the other side of this. And then it's, the 66 gobble was 20 yards, but I also tried to move up 20 yards and we ran into each other, you know, yeah. just because he, he, he gobbled there 40 times in a row does not mean his 41st gobble is going to be from right there. And I learned that too many times the hard ways. So if he got, if I know for a fact, I'm going to move, make a position, reposition, something like that. I'm going to let him gobble one time and I'm not going to, and I'll sit there 
and I'm hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait all day long. But if it takes 35 minutes, I don't, I don't even think about moving because I know I'm not going to move until he gobbles again. If he gobbles over here, it's going to change everything. I'll have to reevaluate. But if get, most times he gobbles the same spot, and then I'll make the move. Sometimes he'll gobble and he's 35 yards in front of me, and I'm thinking, God, I didn't move. You know, I, I'll tell you, if you've never turkey hunted, the first time that that you're not patient and you're not disciplined, and yeah. we're going to talk about those two characteristics here in a second, but when you get up and you scare a turkey, it's going to cut your heart out, and you're going to stand there and go, what have I – what have I done? And you know what? You're going to do it. I do it. I, I, I don't know about you. Mm. I do it every year. Every year oh, I scare yeah. a turkey. Every really? last year I scared two at the same time. I thought they were in front of me. They'd come in behind me. I didn't, I, you know, and I stood up to move forward and they're, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they're just two toms took off. And I'm like, Oh, I, I just sat yeah. right back down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hate it myself for a few minutes yeah. and, then, and then get back. So, you know, one of the, one of the questions that I ask people all the time, what, you know, what, uh, what's a good, you know, 60 seconds or less. And we'll do that at the end of you. Give me your best advice, you know, for a new Turkey hunter. And it's always, a lot of it is, is patience. Patience kills yeah. turkeys. And and it's, it's also the, over, and I just mentioned it, the overlooked characteristic that I think is, is more deadly uh, is discipline. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a that's a big thing for people just as, as human beings in life. But being disciplined to say, okay, I'm going to sit here for 40 minutes or however yeah. long it takes, and not do anything. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm literally just going to sit here and I'm going to be inside my. That's a that's a tough thing to learn. Yeah. And failure is the best the best way to, to become disciplined. So don't do it one time and see what happens, and you'll get a little yeah, more yeah, ex- next time. Yep. And that's one of those things. It's like that little, you know, the devil and the angel sitting on your shoulder, you know, yep. and, and there's the the devil's like, go, go, go. You can move. Take your boots off. Start crawling. You know, and it's just the angel. Like, you should sit there. You're going to be OK. Yep. Yeah. That's the um, spring legion angel, man. Go ahead. And, yeah. and- <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, no, that's, that's definitely a, a thing. And, and it's hard because, like we said earlier, um, it's hard to be disciplined because there's nothing a turkey will always do and nothing they will never do. So it's kind of what are you doing this for if you know it's not going to necessarily – he might not do that. Well, he might not, but he might. He might do something he never done before, and he might never do it again. You don't know. So um, it's one of those things. Just having – it's kind of just a, a rules of thumb. Like until until he gobbles again, don't move. You can move, and it doesn't matter. That all depend on the situation yeah. where you move. But don't move until you know exactly where his feet are because that's going to probably adjust where you think you're going to move to. Because where you've been planning on moving to – if he does, if his next gobble is not where he thought it was going to be, that's one of those he, something he'll never do and always do. Usually, it's not where you thought, and then that will readjust what you do next. But if you've already moved, then you got to do it again. And now he's up to your left, and you can't go back. So you wish you would have wished you would have stayed, kind of deal. Yeah, and um, that's where that that's where that crow call comes in. Yeah. Where, yeah, I mean, I I never thought about this, but I saw Lake Pickle from Primos. And his buddy's turkey hunting on, you know, I, I think it was on one of their YouTube shows. It's like one in the afternoon. The guy rips out an owl call, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, oh that's smart. Oh, they, they don't care right. what time it is. They, yeah. I mean, uh, but um, but a big, I mean, you don't want. I don't like to use um the crow calls easier to carry. Is the only reason I do that instead of an owl call. Um, if if you have a, a box call, when you're trying to just locate a turkey, or especially if you know of a turkey and you just can't get him to gobble. Like I said, if I have to sit there 40 minutes till he gobbles, if it's 12 o'clock and he's loafing around, like there's really no reason for him to gobble. So I don't know what I'm waiting here for. But if you call, hey, you, it's like here, here's a, here's one of my cars. I'm sitting right here, and this is where I'm at. So now you have that knowledge, and, and you're not going to readjust his way of thinking of being a different hand or something like that. If you do move and try to re- restart a scenario or something like that, but also, um, he's not going to approach a crow call. You can he can be hung up for an hour and you'd be calling back and forth. And then whatever you call last, or if you call and then go silent, that might make him walk to you. So using a crow car or something like that to locate a bird or just to get a, a better idea of a mental visual of where he's at. Um, if you'll use something that's not necessarily a turkey sound, see if you can get a gobble. I would much rather prefer that than, than calling and have him answer me as a turkey to turkey conversation. Cause then, he might walk towards you and you not, you not know that he's not gonna walk towards the crow call and he, he might not gobble at it twice but he'll usually gobble at it once if he hadn't heard it all day so kind of it's one of those like phone of friends and who wants to be a millionaire you got it in your pocket but don't like you only get it once so don't yeah. don't waste it if you do yeah you don't want to blow your chance yeah you don't want to blow your chance to 
chance to move. So, I mean, when, when you, when you're in that scenario and, and okay, he just gobbled, he's been hung up for 45 minutes. He's not coming any quicker. He gobbles at a crow flying over, you know, where he's at. What are some of the things that you're looking for to move to? Are you looking to, to move away or, and, and this is one of those, like, well, it depends play yeah. radio here. Are you looking to like, to get closer? Are you using the terrain? Are you using the brush that's available to you? What are some of the characteristics that, that stick out in those scenarios? Yeah. Um, the first thing I would assess is why he's not, um, a lot of too many times. I know uh, when I was in college, I kind of had this just mental theory of like turkeys are the smartest things in the world. They, they, they just know where I'm sitting. They know not to come here. I mean, this is hunting on public land in Mississippi. I promise he's seen five people before opening day. Um, it's one of those things. I mean, it's just a very heavily hunted area. And, and, and I've, too many times I get up and try to figure out what hung a bird up at 80 yards and it was a freaking creek. Like it wasn't nothing I was doing or not doing it. He just couldn't walk through water. You know, it was one of those things. I mean, if I've just known that, I'd have went around. You know, and got on the but they will the fly over the, they will fly oh, over fly the Mississippi the river, if they They'll wanted swim to. Through it if they need to, um, <laughs> for a turkey that's not you. Um, yeah. but, um, but no, a lot of times it, it and I do try to utilize terrain more than anything. Um, the turkey situation, um, turkeys will hang up at nothing they'll hang up at a shadow i've seen turkeys go 120 yards until they got to a shadow they didn't like and they'd stop and they would not cross that shadow. they'd walk back and forth like it was a fence not think hey you can walk over it it's a shot you know just walk over two steps you, you got it nope. nope they will sit there and act like it's a six foot fence um <laughs> they'll just i mean it's just it's a quirk and it's one of those things that um just sometimes there is something like that. If you can move to the left or right and there, it, it could be a wood line. It could be a real fence or something, an old fence from the forties or something. And it's just hanging them up and they don't want to walk through it. And you got to tell them, Hey, you can walk around. He's some, some moving to the left or the right, instead of directly at him or behind him, we'll just kind of redirect his path to you. And a lot of times you do have, you know, a map or something like that. Uh, it is beneficial to know what might be, hanging him up and a lot of times what was on a map might be a cutover now and he doesn't want to walk through a cutover you know um you can't really just rely on it you got to kind of get where you can see it or get to a, an area of higher elevation where he might would have to travel up or give him a reason to move so to speak if he if it's a clear shot between you and him and he doesn't see anything between you you know he, he's just he knows you can walk to him as easily as he walks to you so if you can kind of cloud his judgment on well what's hanging her up maybe she's trying to get to me too maybe i need to make it easier on her and, and come out here and, and see what's going on and let her see me at least because they want to be seen to, uh, i mean male-wise turkeys i mean they're very elusive but they display themselves for a reason they want the hens to see them they like to be high and in the open and where you know hens can see them show off so you know kind of getting to where something might be keeping you from seeing him they're pretty arrogant they want you to look at them so so they'll try to you know make sure they make it easy as possible on you yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. That's, that's one of the things that I try to point out to, to new hunters when I take him out. It's just like, okay, he's gobbling. We need to have something mm -hmm. between him and I, but mm -hmm. it can't be like that detrimental to, to his movement. Yeah. Right. So a little, little brush pile or like a, like a lay down log. Oh man. Yeah game oh, already. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the best so uh you know i there's there's a really popular question that the people and i'm not going to ask it but it's you know what what defines success or whatever and i'm not going to ask that uh because i know the answer um and it's a, a lazy question craig flanko but i was i was doing an interview with a guy and, and he said you know success defined by effort not by fortune and mm -hmm. in regards to turkey hunting i'm like man that is really that is that is smart. I mean, that mm -hmm. is that is a good that is a good assessment of what you know turkey hunting is, and kind of you know I, it sounds like very, your philosophy could fit into that. You know, and and I think it's a really easy way to like sum up like turkey hunting and and the heart of a turkey hunter. So you know, as we come into to 2023, man, you've been hunting for what 20 years at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, has that definition for you? Has that has that changed? Uh, I don't think it. I mean. It really hasn't changed. And like, it's one of those things like very cliche, all mornings are successful. You go out there and hear bird and stuff. And um, I like scenarios where I, that I haven't kind of been in before. And very few have been too closely similar, you know, um, whether it's I get my tail whipped in a different form or fashion or I wind up, you know, walking out with a turkey in a different form or fashion. I, I like that because if something was learned, something was, you know, experienced, uh, you know, re-experiences are very 
I mean, they just don't fascinate me as much. Like, if I, I mean, I've shot a lot of does out of the same deer stand. It's all kind of, yep, got to go get her now. You know, like, this is the routine I do. Turkey hunting is, you know, you can sit on the same tree the next morning and have a different turkey, and he's going to do something totally different. There's no tell, like, there's just no way of knowing that. So just um, if you can overcome a lot of different adversities, um, the more the better, kind of the longer you hunt, the more you start, you know, really respecting those adversities of, of ways to, to reverse nature and you'll, you'll start noticing ways that could make it easier that you could buy or you could do to make this is, you know, pretty effortless process if you really wanted to, but the, the, the withholding of that, the self-imposed boundaries, you're like, no, I've, I've done it this way before. I know that, you know, this is, this is not easy, but I'm going to do it. You know, it, you really, really just man versus bird it. And, and then sometimes you, you get to butt with a lot more doing that. And um, you appreciate the, the success when you do find it, if you do kill a turkey and, um you, you just you, you kind of fall in love with the with the i've heard like businessmen say just embracing the suck part of it you know you you, you enjoy the process way more than the destination but the man who who um who enjoys walking will walk a heck of a lot further than the guy who just is trying to get to the destination he, he's going to do it regardless and the other guy's just trying to get somewhere um you know you, you'll collect a lot of success along the way because you enjoy what you're doing and uh, and the the bird over your shoulders is kind of just playing second fiddle, and um kind of regardless you would do it anyway. If there wasn't a bird out there to hunt, I'd probably still go and try to find one, even though, knowing that there wasn't one to even hunt. Um, just being out there and doing this and that, and um, you, you got the chance. If there's a chance, as long as there's a chance, you got it. You know, and that's that's kind of what I try to. Yes, you know, I think that's kind of where the addiction is is really the the root of it isn't the chance. If, if it wasn't a chance, if it was automatic, if it was easy, I don't think I would enjoy it much. I probably wouldn't even hunt it that much. I think of it a lot like deer hunting and duck hunting and stuff like that, or you know, any, anything. It's, it's pretty nothing's guaranteed, but it's a it's a patternable kind of sport. I feel like and um, um, uncontrollables are there, but then the 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 man versus bird, the the width of a wild turkey or bar nine i think or just you, you can you i could write a thousand books on them and i couldn't cover it all because a lot of them i've let the yet to even learn so um that that just the chance of of failure is equal as success being out there is, is the the striving to find out is really all it is, is i just want to find out if, if today's a day or if it ain't and how yeah just want to find out hunter man i've i've really enjoyed this talk where uh where can people find you on social media Yep, you can find me on Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, my my personal handle is hunter.farrier, H-U-N-T-E-R dot F-A-R-R-I-O-R. And then we've got Spring Legion accounts on everything, and it's all at Spring Legion. And then everything else you can find on springlegion.com. We'll have the book, should be releasing first week of February. The new book, Bella Trick Hunter, is already on there. We've got a bunch of new apparel. Some of the stuff is there. You got some live, some, some live podcasts coming up for the folks yes, uh, in the South. What do you got those? Behind. Yep, we've Go got on. those um, February 8th in Auburn, Alabama. We're going to be there at Moe's uh, downtown. Uh, going to do a live podcast there that afternoon. I don't know the time. Then we'll go up to Nashville, I think February 15th, if I'm not mistaken, which is the day before the NWTF convention. We're going to be at Live Oak Bar down there in downtown Nashville doing a live podcast there, talking turkey and answering listeners' questions and live questions and all kinds of good stuff. We might have some special guests at that one being in the Music City Hub. And then we will have another one in Starville, Mississippi, which is where Seals and I went to college at Mississippi State on February 28th. So at Rick's, which is a uh, a place we spent many nights there uh, when we were in college. So we went back last year with Lake Pickle and, and Jordan Blissett, um, yeah. two of our buddies, and we did a lot of podcasts there and had a really good time. So we wanted to do it in more places this year. So that's what we're going to be doing. Very good. Yeah, those are those are always a good time. So, Hunter, thanks for oh, your yeah. time, man. Good good luck uh, to to you and in, in the Spring Woods and and with Spring Legion and everything going forward, man. Absolutely, man. I certainly appreciate you having me on. Oh, and real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna settle this for everyone listening. It's pop, not Coke. Oh, God. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Thanks, man. See you.
Thank you.